0: Smile
1: Welcome to the Book Talks podcast. I'm your host, James. It's a show where we interview traditionally and self-published authors. What's their book about? What inspired them? What are the tips and advices they can give to aspiring writers and authors as well? In today's episode, is a special one because we'll be talking uh, for we will be talking about a poetry book and not just an ordinary poetry book because it belongs under epic poetry the title of the book is silent echoes and we will be talking to the author reverend carl yont reverend how are you doing
2: i'm doing good yourself
1: thank you for asking reverend i'm doing just fine um this is uh for me kind of interesting at the same time intriguing uh because this is no ordinary book um i I'd like you to explain to our audience what basically is this book about.
2: Um, Well, this is uh, Silent Echoes. It's um, a collection of uh, darker, but spiritual um, epic, epic poetry, short stories put into a poetic verse.
1: Mm-hmm. what what do you mean um, when when we say darker but spiritual?
2: Well, um, one of the longer ones, so I wouldn't actually get into it, but like blind child's quest, mm-hmm. the story of a child who lost his vision and his his journey to regain his vision. But ending with a twist, a little unforeseen, um, yeah. And in the, in the way that he, the discoveries that he makes along the way, mm-hmm. um, to do with his own, rather than the physical aspects of vision, the more spiritual need he had for it.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um, this is somewhat interesting because they say that uh, epic poetry, as defined in, in uh, uh, when I was doing the research for this one, it says that an epic poem is a lengthy narrative poem ordinarily involving a time beyond living memory in which occurred the, uh, the extraordinary doings of the extraordinary people who in dealings with the gods and other superhuman forces gave shape, to the mortal universe for their descendants, the poet and their audience to understand themselves as a people or nation i'd like i'd like your uh i'd like to pick your brain reverend um uh how how do you define uh epic poetry then epic
2: poetry that that's a heck of a description um <laughs> But accurate, very, very accurate. Um, mm-hmm. epic poetry is not necessarily long. Um, though some of mine are you know the 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 book I'm working on presently is supposed is going to be four longer mm-hmm. poems. Mm-hmm. Some of my stuff is like fourteen, fifteen pages. Others are just a single page or so. But an epic poem does tell more of an epic, more of an actual story, unlike uh, romantic poetry, which you know, may describe a mm-hmm. woman as a flower. Uh, an epic mm-hmm. poem may describe her as a flower, but it also moves her through a story more.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So th- that's what's unique and interesting about uh, epic poetry because each uh, a poem has its own... Um, uh, sh- uh, basically, it's emotion, uh, emotion as at the same time, a story of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious, when did you realize that you would want to be a writer? When's, when's that
2: aha moment? <laughs> That's a complicated one. Um, okay. <laughs> because I do recall stating when about 11, which you wouldn't normally, you know, you think more about being astronauts and firemen, maybe mm-hmm. um, a desire to be a writer, but due to the, um, due to dyslexia, I mm-hmm. had had that very discouraged from me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were always trying to push for me to be reading mm-hmm. things and that, but reading was very difficult Perhaps it's the formality of poetry compared to prose mm-hmm. that drew me into doing poetry. Um, actually, for many years, I wrote poetry and just saw of it as more short stories. When yeah. I got hanging around with um, poets in New York City, they, uh, you know, we were taught, and they're, the one in particular, he was more a uh, Renaissance-type poet-writer, um you know he said no your stuff you're writing is poetry but it's more norse more um Mm -hmm. rather than having the rhythm of a of a rhyme it was more a drumbeat rhythm to it more Mm -hmm. like uh well they started calling me grendel out of Mm -hmm. um humor in that group grendel Mm -hmm. is the beast from uh uh, Beowulf stories.
0: Yes,
1: yes. I was about to ask you that because uh, were you influenced by like, uh, you know, uh, uh, other epic poems or epic poetry like uh, Iliad, Odyssey and obviously uh, Beowulf?
2: Yes, um, those. Um, and I should know the author right off the top of my mind, but uh, the the Homer. big influence <laughs> actually the poem um, Xanadu. In Xanadu. In okay. Xanadu did Kublai Khan, a stately pleasure dome decree, where else the sacred river runs through caverns measureless to man. I recall sitting in English class and hearing the teacher reading that and just seeing this vivid imagery of taking a boat down to these caverns of ice, to this, to this gallant pleasure dome and you know, the stuff that this poem that he talks about in this mm-hmm. poem. Mm-hmm. And the other that he wrote the rhyme of the ra- ain the rhyme uh, the rhyme of the mariner. Um there's another adjective in there. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but this story about the man on the sea that shot the Elp Alca- Al- Alcatraz, Elcatras the bird. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Albatross. I could yeah. be
2: prepared a little bit more on this. Yes. It's okay. No,
1: no, no. It's okay. You're doing fine. You're doing perfectly fine. Yeah. Um,
2: but you know, these these sorts of poems really, mm-hmm. you know, were very influential influential on me. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the poets that uh, uh, Oscar Wilde.
1: Yes, of course. Yeah.
2: Um, uh, William Blake. Mm-hmm. Well, William Blake went through to be pumped to, to publish himself, you know, mm-hmm. the, actually the inscribe, you know, carving his, his artwork into the, uh, the, the, the material so he could print it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with the type of printer he had, he had to do this off backwards
0: uh-huh.
2: and he could only do one color. So his wife would actually take and hand paint every plate that he, every print that he, Printed, she hand painted, and he took and sold his books in that format. Mm
0: -hmm. Exactly. Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Time, time over. I mean, over time, you know, the 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 industry definitely uh, of 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 printed materials had evolved, and but uh, (laughs) as they say, uh, printed materials
0: uh, even.
2: Yeah. well I mentioned my dyslexia and my problems Mm -hmm. with spelling, and, mm-hmm. and some of my literal arts um, mm-hmm. abilities, um, I now have a program on my computer where I, I handwrite all my poems for spiritual Whoa. reasons, but then I can take and just dictate them into my computer, and it mm-hmm. types it up for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was able to, yeah.
2: Big
1: advantage. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, and in, in, in the uh, you know, it definitely, technology helps people with like, I, cause I had to have, I do have a friend who's basically a very good painter, and uh, I I was able to see his setup, uh, the way he incorporates those paintings into the computer. It's kind of it's like kind kind of complex, so, so I definitely understand what what you mean by, uh you dictating your poems, and and the the computer will do do its do its basically technology magic, and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean that that's definitely a great advantage. Um, I'd I'd like to know, Reverend, though, um, what what is your background, uh before you became a writer or an author.
2: Um. Well, actually, I've got a very colorful background. It's just on each back of each book, I I've tried putting a part of my biography. Um, when I when I left school, the first job I held was at the uh, carnival, and there were a couple of small jobs like CDA and things like that before that. But the first real job was was with the carnival. I was with that for ten years. Um, and um I I'd worked in nursing homes as a CNA and of course with I, I, I had with the county kind of years I tended to drift around a lot. I saw you know, I, I wintered in New York City, um I went out to California for a while. Um, you have a few family. Other just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I pretty much would into an area find some sort of job like washing dishes or something stock boy mm-hmm. in a supermarket mm-hmm. whatever was available that i could come up with uh you know because the, the the carny didn't pay well but mm-hmm. i with that lifestyle i didn't have rent and utilities i i had mm-hmm. buy my own food and clothes but that was pretty much you know mm-hmm
1: but when when you started writing and with the work schedule that you did, did mention like a, I could only imagine uh, yeah, how hectic uh, a work schedule would be for you when you know when you're finding uh, uh, you know um, one job to another uh, what's your work schedule like when you were writing i mean how do you uh, insert writing when when um, when you were working back then
2: when the urge to took- to a poem comes to me. it's it's almost like voices in my head. And mm-hmm. I pull out my notebook, and, like I said, that part I still do. the I dictate what I write from my hand to the computer, But what I write from my hand, the original actual piece, it's like there's this well, they used to talk to talk about Blake had angels whispering in his ears. I don't know if they're angels or not, but it's like a whispering that's going in my ear. An idea comes to mind, Mm -hmm. and I start writing, and it's like this the ink is coming out of my pen and forming words. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things with a lot of my poems is well, the one I mentioned, Blind's Child's Quest, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: how the poem actually ends isn't necessarily how I thought it was going to end. Mm They take on their their, uh, life of their own as I'm writing them. And when I'd be working, I just would keep a notebook handy and I'd write the thought, you know, the thought line down real quick. And then later I would just get into a relaxed, meditative state and just let myself roll with it. Mm
1: hmm. I I can see that the blind child's uh, blind child's quest is like a like a three pager type of uh, of poem, and rightfully so because yeah I, I what I appreciate more about these kinds of uh, uh, epic poems, Reverend, is that it's, it definitely has full of emotion, and you're right. Uh, uh, sometimes it would it it in a good way. You would end the story or the poem the way you did not expect it to end. Am I right?
2: Right. Um, Okay, looking real quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rainbow Upon, Angel Upon a Rainbow was actually about two of the women that hung around with that crowd with us in New York City. Um, One was a painter, the other a sculptor. They both wrote poetry. Uh, Everybody in our group tended to write poetry. Um, If you understood social groups and art circles, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. poets were kind of the quiet ones that... Yeah, um, we're at the bottom rung of of the. Even even though, according to um, Schopenhauer, we were the most cr- purest of artists, a lot of mm-hmm. artists tended to. So we mm-hmm. tended to wander around Manhattan in our long black coats and mm-hmm. wander into galleries and things, sort of unnoticed. Um, but that that was actually about two women that were hanging around. Back to back was a letter that I wrote to a to a girl that worked the rides with me. I found out where mm-hmm. she was in the winter. I wrote that poem, mm-hmm. and I got the address to where she was staying, and I mailed it to her. Didn't sign it; just put my phone number at the bottom. A week later, she called me. Um,
1: wow! Would you mind teasing our you <laughs> know uh, poten- potential book buyers and listeners of this podcast? Would you mind? Teasing them with uh, um, Angel Upon a Rainbow poem.
2: Angel upon a rainbow. An angel came to me, lovely as a beauty no man could see. She set upon a rainbow, colorful and beauty-bound. A rainbow came to me, lovely as a beauty no man could see. Set upon Her was an angel, colorful and beauty-bound. An angel sang a song that told of love and peace, a song of beauty, a song of harmony, a tempting song. The rainbow in her subtle voice spoke of confusion and, and compassion. Of need and desire, a a beautiful voice was hers. The angel jumped and danced and befell me a trance. Her loveliness coiled with my soul, with a need to hold me. The rainbow sat firm and held out her hand to touch me, but still confessed her love twisted, twisted my confusion. The angel turned to fly, but earthbound fell into a pool of tears, and I looked to see her broken wings. The rainbow looked to me, and through me seemed to reach out to each other. The poet's words bound us apart, and so I feel the death of the angel and desire the love, of, love the of the rainbow.
1: Beautiful, very beautiful. Um, it has full of, of, of emotions, doesn't it? I mean, and rightfully so. It, That's,
2: yes. Um, but you brought about this, you know, the, the, the epic factor of, of the advent, of the, but it's still poetry. Um, mm-hmm. Prose yeah. relate a movement and action tell you a yeah. story with mm-hmm. pros you have to walk a person across the room you have to mm-hmm. have them pick up a glass poetry mm-hmm. is still poetry whether it's epic or it's romantic mm-hmm. you don't have to pick up the glass you don't have exactly. to walk across the room you can sit at mm-hmm. a table in the middle of a field
0: but it can still move you the, the, right? the
2: boundaries of the physical reality don't has to be there.
1: Exactly, exactly. But still, it would okay. move you. Still, right? Um, uh, well, you're
2: relaying a emotion, not a, not a, not a movement.
1: Exactly, that's that's the exact definition of it. Uh, it it relates motion, uh, emotion, uh, uh, rather than movement. Uh, I'm just curious to know though, um, how long does it take you to write uh, a specific poem?
2: Oh, depends on how hard the mood hits me. Um, mm-hmm. anywhere from a half hour to maybe a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Some of the epics, yeah, I I I try not to set something down and come back to it, but some of the really longer epics, obviously, that's not a choice. Hmm. So a longer epic may take me a few days.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Um. How. What what's the in your recollection, Reverend, what's the longest poem? Uh how how long did it took for that poem to to be perfect or to be done? Uh, I mean did it took you like days or
2: about a month. I think about, a month. about wow. the longest. Really? Yeah. yeah. That is interesting. Yeah, well I've got, I've got some Notebooks of of poetry. I've got lots of notebooks of poetry. So wow, that's... <laughs>
0: well,
1: okay. You know, can you, can you cite the, the... Hmm? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Can you cite? Uh, uh. What is this? Uh. Is that poem on silent echoes? No,
2: that one actually no. was gonna be in my next book.
1: Oh, okay. All right. That's interesting. That's a that's a little bit of a cliffhanger there. But uh, <laughs> we'll yeah, show surely... uh, you. <laughs> we'll, we'll surely uh, yeah, uh, yeah, wait for that one the next
2: book is going to be all new all new material I'm mm-hmm. not um, uh, the other books I've taken from my other no- from my notebooks and put them together mm-hmm. and just cleaned them up and and checked out but the the the, net, the, the book I'm working on right now which I'm hoping to be out early next year is going to be all new mm-hmm
1: i think dec- i yeah in, in, the, in the, that is perfect and we can't wait f- for for us uh, to grab a copy of uh, regarding that but but i'm i'm curious to know, i think the next question also is um uh, one of the questions that uh, a potential writer or, or or even an author for for, for that matter um w- would would want to answer you this question take us to um what's what's your headspace when you on how you would get your information or ideas for, for your poems? What, what's the process?
2: The most part for mine, I'd have to say tragedy is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I, right. I it, it tends to be darker moments in my life, darker, more mm. spiritually challenging events. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some which were inspired by someone special and mm-hmm. trying to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. But, uh,
1: so you're saying I, my, that
2: my these, more... hmm? uh
1: huh. I'm sorry, but you're saying that these stories, these poems, are different sets of emotions that took place in your lifetime?
2: Yeah. Mm
0: hmm.
2: Yeah, and, and in a way, my books of poetry are a are a autobiography.
0: Mm hmm. Y- okay. Okay.
1: In 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 a, in a way. All right. That's interesting.
2: In um, a way, I mean, mm-hmm. poetry isn't. Um. Yeah, I I my 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 group from back in that in those days. Um. Mm-hmm. We 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 kind of had this thing about English teachers. Um. Mm-hmm. Poetry is never about what you think you get out of a poem or even what I feel I get out of the poem. One of my favorite examples, favorite examples of this is a poem that I wrote. I think it's in the first book. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Whispering Spirits. I, I think it's in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually about a cat mm-hmm. back in high school.
0: mm mm-hmm.
2: And I wrote this poem about him. Well, in New York, a friend of mine, she had a sister that was a born-again Christian, and she read the poem, and she thought it was just this absolutely beautiful poem about Jesus. Uh-huh. And, you know, like I tell people, I never corrected her, because that's what she got out of it. And uh-huh. that made that poem special to her.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh-huh. Well, as as they say you know poetry is like la- is an orphan of silence the words never quite equal the experience behind them would you agree with that yeah yeah it's uh, again it's uh, it, and, it says
0: mm-hmm.
1: go ahead sorry
2: yeah well i i referred to um, schopenhauer and uh the idea that poets are the are the perfect artists cuz when you Paint a tree, Mm -hmm. you're painting a translation of Mm -hmm. that tree, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you describe that tree in a poem Mm -hmm. and you write it on paper and you give it to somebody, what you're giving may be a translation, but what they read and see in their mind and the emotion they get from what they read is that tree in actuality.
1: Exactly, and it could it could create a lot of imagination, a a lot of
2: uh
0: uh,
1: yes. uh definitions and meaning, even right yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm.
1: they they also say that poetry is when an emotion has found its thought, and the thought has found words. Yes, yeah, that's mm-hmm.
2: absolutely true.
1: Right. What was the most uh, surprising things that you've learned, Reverend, in creating these kinds of poems?
2: For me, it's, 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 they're, they're, they're a release. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like I in say, I tend to more tragedy breeds creation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's in, it's in the reaction from other people when they read, the stuff that I, mm-hmm. you know, that I write and they get something out of it. And mm-hmm. I really like when people share that with me, that they, mm-hmm. like I say, it, it, it's not the importance of what I wrote or what I meant, but what they receive from it, what they get out of it, what they see, what mm-hmm. they feel. Mm-hmm. You know, though, usually mm-hmm. the emotion is usually the same. The emotion is the, is, is what makes the poem a poem. Mm-hmm. and the emotion is usually the, you know, what I'm relating and what they get, but it's mm-hmm. something that touches inside them mm-hmm. that gives them that emotion. Not something that touches inside me, mm-hmm. but something mm-hmm. that touches inside them. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. When you let someone read your poems, what are you after as the author? Are you after uh, how they define the poem, or are you after the emotion that that comes out uh of that poem
2: the emotion mm-hmm. okay i think i am really looking for the emotion mhm mm-hmm. uh just recently somebody shared on facebook about a uh a very tragic moment in their life which i witnessed and mm-hmm. was very very sad um mm-hmm the death of a very small child and oh, through, a, through a tragedy. And oh, I wrote yeah. a poem about her back back then. Well, she would have been, I guess, like 19 now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they posted this. And I recited the poem that I wrote her online. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, how, and, mm-hmm. how did you witness that tragedy? Yeah. I mean, walk us through it. And how did you come up oh, with that it poem? Was,
2: it was a young, young girl. About well, actually, I knew her all her life. I'm, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, when she was like a year old, I used to sit her on the gas tank of my motorcycle and just walk it around the yard.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: when she was around four, yeah, you know, we still—I was actually going to have to buy her a helmet and move her to the back seat because her feet were getting in my way. But um, mm-hmm. she had a medical condition that went. Un- improperly diagnosed and untreated correctly and she died of a brain aneurysm oh, at wow. the age of four wow. um, okay. yeah I say extreme tragedy. it's in a, mm. the book the, the poem is actually in my third book it's mm. Twinkle of a Star mm-hmm. and that you know I was very close to the family and obviously very close to this young girl mm-hmm. and uh yeah, you know, but we were we were having poetry readings at that time. Actually, her parents were attending them, and mm-hmm. uh, but the poem refers to her and, you know, little biker t- in her in her right and pers- very personal things like mm-hmm. that. But the the loss of an innocent child. hmm.
1: I'm curious. I'm really curious if you, by any chance, chance, have that poem that you made about her handy right now. And we would love to listen to it. Yeah, um,
2: I believe it's Deafening Silence. Um, it's in the uh, third book, Deafening Silence. Okay. And if I break up a little bit while reading this, my apologies. When yeah. I did it online, it took me three tries
1: rightfully so if you if you will uh, go ahead
0: reverend
2: okay. a still laid angel sleeping in her tomb a flower bud plucked before its full bloom the gray angel's touch as a tear falls the black in the sun a sparrow in the garden wailing that sorrow's one No longer does the princess in the garden play, as there are no stars to light the newfound day. Her sparkling laugh, silent to the frozen air, while still in her heart, she frolics there. A cold, sharp touch cased in denial, as we still see the joy of her precious, never fading smile. A flower, a flowing princess in glory, glory's crimson flight, a true born biker in all her hastened right, the innocence of a child glittering with angelic care as a lifelong dream rise off on the hooves of the night's mare, a still-laid angel sleeping in her tomb, a flower bud plucked before its full bloom.
1: Um, that's very heavy and very moving. Um, I think, personally, for me having a daughter, I could not imagine some, some, something like back of a tragedy happening right but of course um I, I, it, 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 yeah go yeah. ahead i'm sorry Tra-
2: yeah like i say the whole story was a very big hit against all of us it just you know but yeah that's what poetry is about is mm-hmm. the emotion and tragedy Like I say, I use it like a release Mm -hmm. to be able to get those words out, to get Mm -hmm. that feeling out. Mm -hmm.
0: And
1: yeah, I mean, uh, you know, rightfully so, because there are actually people who are undergoing uh, different kinds of emotions that would uh, use poetry as, yeah, as their release. Do you agree, Reverend, that poetry heals the wounds inflicted by reason?
2: Heals the wounds
1: inflicted by reason.
2: Um, it helps us through.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm trying to think if the word "heals" is really one I would use.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what heals the wounds? I you know because mm-hmm. I still think about that that young girl and the relationship between her and I and I and her parents.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
2: it still brings a tear to my eye <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know? exactly. i mean there are yeah. other things you know that you know because some of the uh poetry was written during the uh separation of i and my wife and there mm-hmm. might be some of the less nicer ones i'd written
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so so, so i think i think it's 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 uh it's a different uh, approach for different people because some some people would also say that uh, a poet is a liar who always speaks the truth <laughs> do you agree with that a po-
0: hmm. i like the- that <laughs> I, I, I really like that huh. the poet you
2: right the- <laughs> well, well we're having Poetry readings. This is later than the crowd in um, New York City. I mean, we had poetry readings then, too, but you got to mm-hmm. figure we were like the predecessors to the goth crowd. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, later in life, there was you know there's this group with the with the, you know that I met with that the young girl, the young girl's mm-hmm. parents were, came to. There was a gentleman who came a couple of times, but he he didn't like to read, and he wound up not coming, and he wound up admitting to me that he felt we were putting him on the spot to share something that was just so personal to him, Mm -hmm. which is what, I mean, we weren't trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. we were trying to, you know, we wanted to, you know, hear what he had to share, but he actually did feel that his poetry was so personal to himself that he was very uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. the idea of sharing with other people. And I think, you know, I, I know a lot of people that say, Oh yeah, I write poetry and, you know, and a lot of people do. And it's a way it's a, it's a good form of, of release of, of, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Of looking for healing. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Family wise though, since you did mention that earlier, what does your family think of, of, of your poetry writing?
2: My family actually is, um, very supportive of it mm-hmm. yeah you know, um, ive I've got a niece that's extremely supportive mm-hmm. and um i've got i've I've got a large family mm-hmm. so of course, I've got a few siblings that don't really know much about it and just have, kind of, oh, it's great you had a book club' said, that's nice, but there's some mm-hmm. others that have really been like really. You know there to you know to tell me you know they they've read some of my poetry they really enjoy it mm-hmm.
1: when i when i was uh uh reading some of the poems that you uh 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 written earlier um uh, under silent echoes it remind- i uh, i can't help but um remember i i don't know i'm I'm sure for you're familiar with Simon and Garfunkel right yeah. Okay. And they
2: may have had some influence to some of my writing, I will admit oh,
1: wow. that. Wow. Okay. That's um, why
2: Yes. Um oh, I've got the song not done by I I had it done by them, but I've got it actually recorded done by somebody more recent. But um the Sounds of Silence. Yes, yes, that's that's exactly yes, what I, I I would just yeah. sit in a dark room and hear Simon and Garfunkel do that song and the imagery. Wow, wow. I you know, love it. In my mind is just, yes. You know, yes. Yes, Them I would. W- Black Sabbath, but Simon and Garfunkel yeah. is definitely up at the top of that.
1: I, I can't help but when, when, because when, when I was reading it, that song was like, all oh, has been playing into my mind uh, and, uh, uh, and the Sound of Silence, I, I'm sorry I'm just overwhelmed because we had we had a connection for a second there like yeah that's the bit that's basically the song that I was trying to say. Uh, the Sound of Silence it has been revised I mean it has been a guy
2: that has a fascinating singing voice I I Can't think what his uh, name is. I've got a couple of his songs, but he does does that one, and that mm-hmm. one is he he hits it right. I, I don't usually like remakes,
0: uh-huh,
2: but he uh-huh. hits it fantastic.
1: Exactly. It, I I think the band is uh, disturbed. Yes. Yeah. Yes,
2: that's yes, that's the guy. Okay. Yes. Yep. Um. Yes, when, when, he does hit that mm-hmm. song perfect.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and me too. I don't really normally like remakes but when I was reading your poem, um, I I got to um, open some songs, and that definitely speaks volume about your poems, and uh, I think I'll incorporate uh the the editing of the of this podcast. I'll edit some of that part of the song, and I'll edit this on our interview. Would that be okay?
2: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. So that would be very exciting. That would be very exciting.
2: Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Is that? Uh huh. to some of my other poetry, it it you know you can obviously hear some of the uh, the original Black Sabbath. Wow. Well, okay. Ozzy was with um, their influence, um, yeah. and Pink Pink Floyd. I,
0: Pink Floyd. Yeah. Pink Floyd yeah. had
2: a very a very strong influence on me.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Wow. Uh, um, um, do you have any suggestions, though, to help someone become a better poet? I mean, is there like a secret? I, I, I've, I've been meaning to ask this to yeah. I don't
2: think there's really a secret. I think it, uh-huh. the first stage is what it means to you, to you okay. that writes it. You need mm-hmm. to write from the heart. Mm-hmm. God is in our heart god is our maker of our soul your soul comes from your heart and Mm -hmm. whether other people you want to share it like i say this one guy didn't want to share it with our group it was too personal to him whether you want to share it or don't want to share it it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter Mm -hmm. if it means something to you it's beautiful Mm -hmm. the next step is then sharing it with others Mm -hmm. and once you've Gotten, you know, if you feel comfortable sharing it with others and then, and then seeing how others respond, how others react, mm-hmm. you, know, um, I mean that, you know, I mean that I feel I've, I've gotten enough really good response that I can say that I really like that stage.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Some mm-hmm. people don't get that sort of response and they get disappointed and let down. Mm-hmm. But remember, the first and most important is how what it means to you.
1: Exactly. I couldn't agree um, more. Yeah. I couldn't agree more because as they say, um, you know, whatever makes you happy, it doesn't make it doesn't need to make sense to anybody else. As long as it gives right. it gives meaning to you. Right? Oh, I,
2: I got plenty of stuff that I'm sure other people would say. That's a pretty bad poem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I, I do have some I've got some, plenty of that.
0: Mm-hmm. I do
2: try to pick the stuff that I feel will reach other people and mean mm-hmm. something to other people. Uh, exactly. Some of the stuff was even picked out by other people. Mm-hmm. So there's okay. a few poems I want to put in the book myself. I want to pick it out. But mm-hmm. I, I do have people that help me because my literacy is disability and that that helped me mm-hmm. go through the poems and, you know, well, from, especially check the spelling.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But mm-hmm. Um, but check a few other, you know, help me check on, you know, on a few other things with it. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, and these are some of my, you know, very close friends and people who supported who have supported me through all these books very greatly
0: mm-hmm.
2: i did put a uh, a mention in one of the books to them mm-hmm. thanking them for, for all their help
1: mm-hmm. um but with
2: i this... went you know all through school all through school i went through being told that i actually even mm-hmm. had after i got out of school i was looking for college Mm-hmm. Support and gain college money and got turned out because a a psychologist said that my goals of being a writer were ridiculous
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. isn't that a perfect plot for a for a very good success story right i mean we we, we uh, i think you're you're the definition of you know uh um uh, uh hard work uh and determination beats any odds. Because uh, you know, I could only imagine what uh uh what are the odds and how many odds have been stacked against you for being a poet for being a writer, you know uh um not not only for for the the you know the dyslexia part, but I'm I'm sure that there has been also a lot of challenges and and I admire you for beating all those odds, Reverend. Thank you. Yeah. Um as we wind down with this interview I would like to, I I'd like to know Silent Echoes was this the first book
2: Silent Echoes is the second book
1: The second book okay and the first one was
2: yep. deafening silence oh, Wait deafening nine. silence No the 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 first book was Whispering Spirits
0: Okay okay
2: Yeah and, and the third book was Deafening Silence.
1: Deafening Silence. Okay. All right. Perfect.
2: Right. And I I do have a fourth book, which is uh, Daylight to Shadows, which is more um, more spiritual. It's a um, it's, it's more it's collection of bless, of blessings, poems, spiritual poems and uh, reflections.
0: Okay. All right. Uh-
2: so it's very Different from the other
1: three books, <laughs> uh huh. That, that actually is my next question. Given a chance, um, w- what genre would you want to, uh, uh w- would you be interested at least of creating a different book with a different genre? Day,
2: daylight to or, sh- or Shadows to Daylight. I'm saying it backwards. Okay. Well, wow. that's that dyslexia mm. kicking in. Mm-hmm. Daylights, yeah, Shadows to Daylight. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it is a different sort of a genre. It's um, uh, Reflections are uh, uh, just a fancy way of saying sermons. <laughs> okay. So they're, they are more mm-hmm. prose than poetry. Oh, uh, But okay. there's blessings in there, um, you know, because uh, people ask me as a reverend to, you know, do different events and bless different events. I do a lot of motorcycle events, so there's several blessings there i have to do with motorcycle rides. Mm-hmm that I read before we go out and ride Um, for a child coming of age, uh, Mm. stuff like that. And then some of it's, you know, some of it's blessings and some of it's poetry. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And
2: that's interesting.
1: What uh, I'd like to ask, um, I mean, before we invite our uh, uh, potential book buyers and listeners to this podcast, what can the readers expect to get out of uh, with this specifically for silent echoes,
2: I, I I'm trying to think of the right real way of saying what mm. I expect them to get. I guess Take your time. I I just want them, mm. I want them to get what they feel they're looking for. Um, mm. and they're not going to like every poem, but the ones that they do, hopefully, mm. Mm. can put that sort of emotion and visual visual Mm -hmm. in their mind and you know Mm -hmm. and if it and obviously if they get something from it it will relate to something in their life Mm -hmm. that they they may help them grasp and move through Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. guess
1: yeah i mean i i I definitely agree because I see this book, specifically Silent Echoes um, as, as one of those books that you can, you know, whenever you would want to, like whenever you're traveling, this is a type of book that you can open in the middle of, of the book or in the beginning of the book. And you can basically get different emotions on different poems with, 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 with different stories as well. And I think that makes the book uh,
2: exceptionally special. I should say reverend i i have had people tell me that they've done that um mm-hmm. a uh friend of mine that's a retired deaconess okay uh, i gave her a copy of the fourth book like i said that's more spiritual blessings and things and she said that every once in a while she just likes to just sit down flip it open to to something and read it mm-hmm. and it helps yeah. lift her spirit up <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> well, rightfully so. I mean I, I I I think that's definitely the right emotion. Um, Reverend, please do invite everyone to grab a copy of your book, Silent Echoes. Go ahead, please.
2: I I do openly invite everybody to please get a uh, copy of Silent Echoes and trust that I believe something something in you will be touched by it.
1: Earth thank you. And on, yeah, and, and on that note, again, Silent Echoes is now available on Amazon by Reverend Carl Yont. Uh Reverend, I really thank you so much for your time. Um, I, I'm glad that I was able to take part of this book, uh, book journey of yours, uh, as well as the UR Link team uh, with, with Ashley and with, with uh, Bella as uh, the marketing officer. Uh, definitely they're they're the right company that would assist you with your advertising campaigns because, you know, let's face it, um, no matter how good the book is without, uh, if your goal is to reach a maximum audience, basically you you need to do like uh, interviews, social media marketing, like on Facebook, uh, uh, YouTube advertising, uh, and even uh, uh, um, book signing events. And they can definitely assist you with that.
2: They have actually been very, very helpful on all of that. We're happy through at. this little adventure.
1: Perfect, and uh, we we would expect I would expect to interview you more on on different on different books that you that you have published and you will publish in the future, um, Reverend. I thank you so much for your time, and
2: uh, you have a blessed Bye. day. You too, and I thank you for this opportunity. And God bless you. God bless you, Reverend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.